in the Aceres Adibros, we have one of the most powerful of the Dibros, and we'll see soon um, exactly in what sense. It says, You shall not carry, invoke God's name for naught. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not cleanse the person who invokes his name for naught. That's a rough translation of it. It is the third of the, um, it is the third of the Aseris Hadibros. Um, Chazal over here, the Gemara says that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu uttered these words, the world shook. And the uh, description of that is, because it says here, Lo Yenake, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not cleanse, meaning that Tshuva has limited efficacy and is really possibly, it, it, it affects a person, his family, many, many terrible things about so let's try first to, in broad strokes, explain the halacha behind this, or the relevant halacha, and we'll try to explain why it's like that. So the um, the Torah speaks specifically of lashav for naught. Now, the Gemara says there are a few ways in which an oath is for naught. So first of all, we're talking about not someone who mentions Hashem's name plain, which one ought not to do, one ought not to mention Akash Baruch's name for nothing. But the prohibition and this Aseros Adibris specifically deals with an oath carrying Hashem's name. Now, what does it mean, lashav? It does not mean swearing falsely. Swearing falsely has its own prohibition, and that's called a shvua sheker. So a person who takes an oath that he knows to be untrue, the person um, it, it says that such and such a thing happened and it never happened, or vice versa, or if a person promises under an oath to... Um, do something and and he doesn't do it so those are all Shavua Sheker however Shavua Shav is something very specific and it means that the person says that he is going to a, a person swears on something that is ludicrous for instance a person will swear that it's now day when it's night a person will, or a person will swear it's day when it's day, when it's not contested. In other words, it is absolutely purposeless. Or if a person swears he will not do a certain mitzvah, which halachically does not take effect. So there's something over here um, very unique about swearing a meaningless oath. That is the, um, the halachic definition of it. If a person swears falsely, it does not seem to be included in this category. But that's not 100% accurate. 
Um, the Gemara says that swearing falsely is a terrible thing because the whole world shook when Hashem said, like we said before, it's it, the Gemara says it, and Tosvos uses this to convey a halachic point. The halachic point is that a person who may not be believed in court without taking an oath, meaning we suspect that the person is not honest and he wants to steal, which is an Avera, big Avera in its own right. However, if he swears, we do believe him. Why? So Tosa says, because it's such a terrible sin that the entire world shook. So if the entire world shook, Akash put it down in such severe terms, then chances are that the person will be telling the truth. So Rabbi Kvega actually asks, doesn't that apply only to a shuvah like we said before? Doesn't it only apply to an oath that is given for naught, not false? We don't have a clear um, answer to that, but it seems as if the general idea is included in that. It seems as if there is an overarching sense that any type of oath is um, something extraordinarily terrible, much worse than than the possible, um, you know, than any other possible avera. And even though specifically it speaks about shav, it includes false oaths as well. So we have a prohibition that it's clear, um, it's, it's clear definition is a useless, purposeless oath. It's broader definition is um, an, an, an oath that is false, and therefore the oath is not really carrying out the purpose it's supposed to. Because of this terrible, terrible um, prohibition, people were reluctant even to take an oath that was 100% true because of something so, so terrible about it that they would stay away from it. And, and Chazal say it's appropriate. It was appropriate to try to stay away from having to swear any type of oath, even if a person is 100% positive and the oath is, is, is for, for the right purpose. But be it as it may, that's the halacha. And that is... The, the included under this umbrella of Now, what we need to understand a bit is why? What is it about this that's so unique? So imagine, uh, 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 imagine the following. A person is suspect of stealing something. A person is ready to steal something. He'll steal something. He'll steal $1,000. Now, in the process, he's also going to lie in court. So the stealing is the sin. The lying was, was the means. So it would be hard for us to identify the lying as being not only did he steal, but he lied in order to steal. The stealing is what the problem is. But here, it's much worse. The person, and, and it seems as if the Tosis considers this to be um, normal, that a person would be less um, less afraid of the stealing than of the of the oath that he's swearing falsely. 
So I'll try a little bit to explain what is this extraordinary Aveir over here and why is it called a Shua Shav? It's also something we, we, in our understanding, a Shua Sheker would possibly be a um, worse than Shua Shav. If a person swears it's daytime now, and as you can see, it is daytime when I'm recording this. So, um, you know, I'm, I mean, there's no point to it, but I, I, I'm telling the truth, as opposed to Shua um, Sheker, which is distorting the truth. So let's think a little bit about it. One more halakhic point I'd like to mention is, even though the Pasik uses the word Shem Hashem, God's name, it may be that an oath, if it's said in the, it, with the language of an oath, even if it does not overtly contain Hashem's name, may have the properties of an oath. If a person says, I swear such and such, even if he didn't mention Hashem's name, there's an implication because every oath is associated with Hashem's name. And that's a point that we're going to address. So we, we have over here uh, the third Aseris Hadibris. comes before murder, comes before Shabbos, it comes before adultery. So the first two are the, the basis of faith, that we understand. Um, one would expect the next one might be Shabbos, because Shabbos is sort of belongs to a class of things that uphold the faith. Shabbos has a very severe punishment. And the punishment per se is more severe than oaths. And yet the third one is Shavua, an oath that's administered that is in vain. And the word in vain as, a, as opposed to false is, is the way it's labeled, even if it includes the false Shavua. So let's try a bit to understand this, this point over here. In a human, in, in, in the human action, the Sfarim list um, three levels. There is thought, there is speech, and then there is um, deed. And Sfarim speak about this when they're talking about the different types of Averis. So we understand thinking because that's the essence of a person. If a person is not thinking when he does something, so he may not even be liable, could be. On Shabbos, if you pass by a switch and you just brush by the switch and it went on by itself, you had no thought of even doing it. Um, that's called misasik, so that's nothing. A person who is sleeping has very limited liability, except for monetary, certain monetary issues. But generally speaking, Das of a person, a person's understanding, cognizance, awareness is critical. On the other hand, deeds, deeds speak loud, louder than words. Deeds are what it's about. The world of mitzvah is really, really all about doing. The vast majority of mitzvahs are actions. And therefore, we understand the significance of deeds that are good mitzvahs as opposed to Averos. But what exactly is speech? Why is speech so important? Now, man is called a medaber, the one who speaks. 
there's a very famous Targum Onkelis that says that man became a living soul. He calls it Ruach Memalala, a spirit that speaks. So he associates speech with um, the essence of man. And to us, speech is a great gift, but shouldn't intelligence take precedence? Shouldn't man be called the intelligent being? The answer is that speech is unique in that it's able to display the thought process within a physical world, meaning as follows. The thought process is something that's hidden. Thinking does not occupy any space within the world that we live in. Actions do. But actions can be accidental. They can have many different causes and purposes. A person goes by and he kicks something. Was it absent-minded? Was he trying to hit or hurt someone? Was he aiming at something else? We don't know. All actions that happen um, do not display the intelligence behind it, except in some sort of vague association. Well, this person hit so-and-so, he probably had a reason or he meant it and so on. But we really are at a loss. Speech is like the caption that you put under a picture. You have a picture and you have, and, and what is this picture? What I'm trying to show, I show you a picture. You look around and we're baffled. One of the most annoying things is uh, 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 when they forget to put a caption in a, in, a, in a newspaper or something and you see a picture and you're trying to figure out what exactly do I see over here? I, I mean, I see all the details. I see a person, another person, a place and a this and that. What am I seeing over here? The caption provides the meaning. What is it that I intended to show in this picture? Such and such and such. That is the um, power of speech. It is the connection between the world of thought, ideas, and cognizance to the world of action. It, it is the, the bridge that turns actions into purposeful, meaningful items. If we're to ask ourselves of all of the elements of um, mitzvahs that we do, what are the what are the most important parts of it? Well, we do a lot of mitzvahs. So a person, let's say, is resting on Shabbos. Resting on me is not doing malachas and so on. That's great. It's a testimony to our Kaddish Baruch Hu that he created the world in six days of work and one day of rest. But is that why I'm resting? Um, I'm wearing tzitzis. That's nice. Maybe it's just I picked up a shawl at some New Mexican stall someplace and they had these lovely shawls with fringes coming out. Um, what is it? All of these items um, are lacking. 
what I know and understand is great, but only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what is it that I know and understand. So really, in a certain sense, Dibur is the part of a person that actually gives meaning. This is why Chazal made a brach on mitzvahs. It's not like Berchas Hanehanin, the brachas we make on things we enjoy, where the purpose is to sort of thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, demonstrate that we appreciate it, and so on. We're doing a mitzvah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said I should put on tefillin. I'm putting on tefillin. But the, the, the saying the bracha is what gives the mitzvah its expressed meaning. When a person, um, so when a person does the mitzvahs, that's, that's where Dibur comes in. The Mekubalim added the L'Shem Yichud. L'Shem Yichud are all sorts of ideas of how this particular mitzvah is doing the ultimate good in the higher worlds. Saying it invests it in the action that I'm doing. That is the, the purpose of stating and saying um, what I'm doing. If we take a look at the Aseris Hadibris, the Aseris Hadibris are um, two first two mitzvahs of Aseris Hadibris deal with appropriate beliefs. Onochi is the belief in Hashem and Echad and all of that. And Loyia is the, um, the, the, the not believing in any type of idols. Those are the first two mitzvahs, rightfully so. The third mitzvah is Shabbos. Shabbos is the mitzvah that describes in its activities um, a confirmation of these beliefs. And then we have, after Shabbos, we have Kibbutz which is there to tell me about the people who represent our parallel, so to speak, to Hashem in this world, the people who brought us into this world that way Hashem did. And then we have um, Averis that we shouldn't do and so on. That's the framework of this, of the Aseris Adibris. The... Um, the Losisa, Losisa, Shema Shemakechalashav stands exactly between the mitzvahs of thought to the mitzvahs of action because that's exactly what it represents. It is the mitzvah that applies to speech and tells us that we are doing something that is um, connecting those two, the same way speech does. Now, let's be a little bit more specific about a certain aspect of it. I'm going to quote a Ramban in Paris's Matos. The Ramban is, um, the Ramban speaks about the difference between a nether, a nether is a prohibition on an object that I make, and a shavua is an oath, I will do this, I will do that, it's complex, and it's not the point I want to address here, but I do want to use a point that he makes. It's quasi-Kabbalistic, but I think we can understand it in a way that we can um, a, a, a use it to understand this point better. He says the word Shavua 
comes from the word Shiva, which is seven. And it refers to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's basic interaction with this world. What we call seven spheros are a way of breaking down HaKadosh Baruch Hu's interactions in this world in seven different ways. That's where the mystical number seven, the number seven that recurs so much in the Torah, it's always seen as being parallel. And what he says basically is, what, what's understood from Ramban is, that whenever a person makes a shavua, a person is connecting this world to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's in effect saying, just as Hashem is true and exists always, so too the statement I'm making is true. So too, I will do thus and thus. So too, I will not do thus and thus. In other words, he's adding, and Rambanis is referring more specifically to shvuls that are in the nature of doing something or not doing something, as opposed to and what the person is doing is applying as it were that from this point onwards this too shall be obligated to do this too shall be prohibited to do so that is a um, that's what an essence of a shvu is so in a certain sense a person is taking this connection this world and was given the power to mimic it and to apply it in other areas as well. It has in itself an element of Kiddush Hashem because when if every time I swear, I swear 100% truthfully, it means I'm extending and I'm saying just as Hashem is true, all true, so too this is true, this is true, this is true. And, and that is a sort of a positive thing, even though one ought not to take any oaths. But at least in that sense, what I'm doing is I'm mimicking a Kaddish Baruch Hu's MS and implying it. However, if a person um, swears falsely, let's take falsely first, first, person promises to do something and willfully does not do it, a person swears about the truth of something that's not true, then what a person is doing, in a sense, is breaking the connection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to this world. Like we said before, speech is what connects the two. Um, a, a physical parallel is that the neck, where, from where speech sort of emanates, connects the head to the body. So when we say one thing and do another thing, what we're saying is, that there is no connection. I'm, I think of one thing and I do another thing. And that's why Shavua is, 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 is such a terrible sin. But it goes further. And this is why Shavua Shav, which means for naught, is a type of Shavua that is listed in our, um, in our Pasha. A person who, um, if we ask ourselves, what is the Bria all about? What is creation all about? What does it mean 
there is intelligent design. There's a creator. So on Shabbos we say, Tachlis, Shemaim words. Shabbos is the Tachlis, the 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 the, um, the goal of the purpose of everything that was created. It's a tachas ma'isishayavars. It is the it is the very goal. It's 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 the purpose of it. Things that happen by accident have no purpose. Things that are done by design have a purpose. If a person, let's say, is nuts and he does odd things um, for no reason then in a certain sense, that's also coincidence. Just like if the wind came and blew a tree down for no reason, so we cannot call that an intelligent act. If, 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 if somebody psychotic came and, and chopped a tree down for no reason, then it's also a meaningless act. And, and the word purposeful, intelligent, is, is kind of similar, or if not the same. So, when we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a world, it doesn't only mean that he that he's the origination of the world. It means he, he created for a purpose. It is one of the reasons why the Rambam viscerally disagreed with Muslim philosophy. Muslims seem to present themselves as ultra religious. They said, you cannot, um, you're not allowed to, and we cannot discern uh, any wisdom behind God's actions, any meaning, and so on. They eschewed any type of understanding of what Kaddish Baruch was doing things. Basically, um, painting this sense of a divinity as someone who does things just because he feels like. The way we um, sort of think of the uh, an all-powerful tyrant who has whims and does what he wants. The Muslims saw it as being ultra-religious. He's so above us and beyond us that we, you know, he's almighty and therefore he, he does crazy things the, the way and that's, they projected in a certain sense an image. The Rambam writes very strongly against this, and this is why mitzvahs that are chok should never be translated as mitzvahs that have no purpose. That would be the work of a crazy one. They are mitzvahs whose purpose is not understood with our mind. Everything has a purpose. Um, that's almost axiomatic. The divine certainly has a purpose. Some of the purposes we have an understanding, some we have somewhat of understanding, and some we have no understanding whatsoever. But it certainly has a tachlis. Shabbos is there to teach us that everything in creation, it's not enough to say on Sunday Hashem created light, and on Monday the rakia, and on Tuesday the desha, and, and the yamim. Shabbos tells us HaKadosh Baruch Hu created also a tachlis, because that's almost the definition of creation, we understand it. It was something brought into this world 
for a reason. The opposite of that is shove for naught. And Esav, Chazal say Esav, who's the antithesis of Yaakov, is not called Sheker, he's called Shav. Ru'u Shav Barasi. Look at this creature that seems to be for naught. The word Esav, it's a play on the word Esav coming from the word Shav. So Yaakov's Mida was Emes. Um, but Esav, the antithesis of Yaakov, is Shav. It's much, much deeper falsehood. When somebody does something, um, somebody says something, and it's not true, that's false. But when somebody does something, and it's empty of meaning, that's, that is, in a very deep way, the ultimate falsity. It's meaningless. It looks like it's something, but it's nothing. So if a person sets a table, and it looks as if guests are coming, and nothing's happening, no one's coming, no one's this, he sets a whole table, the, the, the falsehood about it is a lot deeper than if I were to say so-and-so is coming. There's a hollowness in, in, in creation. And that's why Shabbos is such an important day. And that's why it's the, it's the next uh, Dibra. Because Shabbos first and foremost tells us that there's a Tachlis Maishrein Verts. The world has um, a, a purpose. Shvua Shav means... I use Hashem's name for naught. I, 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 I try to marry Hashem to Shav, and there is no greater um, profanation than that, because the antithesis of Akadosh Baruch Hu is Shav, and the place where I can, the place where it manifests itself is in Dibur. Because Dibur, speech, is supposed to be the vehicle to attach meaning to my actions. So if somebody sees me setting the table and he asks me, what are you doing? I'm saying I'm doing it because guests are coming. Or I could say I'm practicing so that when guests come, I know how to set the table. Um, or, or I'm doing it because someone asked me to do it. The, the speech is what gives the purpose it, it, it pastes the caption of purpose onto the act that I'm doing. And therefore, immediately after the first Averis, we now have this terrible, terrible Avera. And that's why it's an illegal on its own. When someone does something for a purpose, but it's skewed, it's not honest, it's not true, that's, an, that's a sin. So if a person steals, it's a sin. But if a person introduces Hashem's name into the world, Lishav, it's not just that I lied as a means to get to something. I've, hal- I'm sorry, I've hallowed out the connection between Hashem to the Bria, and that's where I've gone wrong. So let's sum up the points we've made, because this is obviously an extraordinarily important um, Dibra, one of uh, the third Dibra of Sasa Dibras. We explained, first of all, that the specific meaning of Shuashav is an oath that has no purpose. It's an oath that is either ludicrous 
I swore that I flew on a broomstick um, last night. That shvua is not a sheker, it's a shove. It's much worse than a sheker. It's, it's, it's meaningless. Or if I swear that humans walk on two feet, that is an absolutely purposeless statement. There is also shvua sheker, which is a prohibition. It seems to stand as a branch of this, under the same umbrella of being a terrible deed, but a step removed from it. So it's it's the same idea there, but the Torah specifically points at the shop. We explained what is the, um, what exactly is this Dibra over here. The first two Asarza Dibras deal with the positive and negative beliefs that are true. The belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the disbelief in any other power or force in the world. Those are the two pillars on which um, the rest of the Torah and all of Yiddishkeit stands on. We then have, skipping what we were holding, the fourth one is Shabbos, which is the first um, manifestation of Emuna in the world of mitzvahs. And then we have many more mitzvahs, Kibbutz. We also said a similar and so on. Shavuah occupies a gap between the two. We explained that Shavuah has to do with speech. There is thought, speech, and deed. Thought is the root of everything, but it's hidden, and there's no way we can ever know what a person is thinking. We have actions, which are the most important, that accomplishments, but we never are sure how to define or describe actions. And finally, we have the Dibur that connects the two. When a person speaks and says something, um, it shows the intent and it labels the point and purpose of what he's doing. I am now um, attaching wires because I want to set up the lighting system or whatever it is. That is the Korach Dibur. When a person does a Shavuah, the Ramban says he is mimicking Hashem's Dibur. So just like all of Torah is a description of what it is that Hashem wants to do, and it gives meaning to all the events that happened, when a person says a Shavuah, he's, he's able to do the same. He's able to take his understanding and cognizance and sort of uh, uh, apply it to the deeds that he's doing or will do or won't do and so on. Anything wrong over there is a very fundamental wrong because it's sort of by mimicking Hashem and turning it to shove, a person's undermining um, Hashem's um, speaking to us. We said that shove is the is the deepest. Um, it's it's the it's the deepest. Um, opposite of emes. Sheker means it happens to be not true. Shav, mean, shav means it is totally devoid of meaning. Emes means everything who created has meaning. There's Hashem in it. And Shav says it is meaningless. And therefore um, it, is, it is an Avera that is so terrible because we're using Hashem's name we're, we're applying it in a way that's meaningless. 
So in a certain sense, we're projecting the fact that there can be meaningless uh, activities, chas v'shalom, um, in the world, that Hashem could bring things into this world that are meaningless. That's what I'm doing, because by, by using Hashem's name flippantly, that's what that's 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 what I'm I'm that's what I'm projecting. Um, Sheker is bad. It's also wrong because it hollows out the Dibur, but it's not quite as insidious as is Shav. Shav is where we really see it as being hollow. We show that Yaakov and Esav, Yaakov is the pillar of Emes, the opposite of Esav, uh, the opposite of Yaakov is Esav who Shav. Um, that is the command. That is the the, the dibra of the third dibra of Leisis Hashem Hashem Akechal By extension, because it's such a it's it's such a terrible act of desecration, it is appropriate that a person stay away from any type of swearing, even if it's true, because it a, a person can never know hundred percent. A person is sort of playing with fire. So that's why in contemporary Batidinim, we do not administer oaths. We stay away from it. And Chazal speak very strongly about how cities were destroyed even when people swore truthfully. It's something that's a very, very slippery slope. But the, the, the Koach of Shavuot is an incredible Koach. We were given the ability to mimic the, the, the most fundamental um, expression of HaKadosh Baruch in this world. That's how great man is, that we're given that ability. And that's why the, there's such a responsibility that we don't take Shem Hashem L'Shav and that we uphold the integrity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's action in this world, that everything in this world has meaning, purpose, and, and is kol kolo emes.